Hello and welcome to the Dismantle Racism Show, where our goal is to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC, and I just want to say happy Pride Month to the LGBTQIA community, because let's remember, if we are going to stand against white supremacy, we cannot harbor prejudice towards other folks, particularly queer folks. And so white supremacy thrives in this place of when we limit our expressions of who we are. It festers in homophobia, transphobia, biphobia, and in every other ideology that does not prioritize prioritize human compassion and anti-oppression. So we stand with our LGBT QIA community and kindred, and we know that there are monumental contributions that this community makes each and every day, not just during the month of June, but we do honor you this month in particular. I want us to get started today with our program because we're going to be talking about how do you lead in a conscious in a unified way. But before we get started, I want to invite us into this moment of just centering ourselves. So I invite you to plant your feet firmly on the floor or the ground if you can, and just be conscious of even the chair that supports you. And if you can, take a moment and just close your eyes. And then to find your breath. Breathing in and out and understanding that your breath is life. Your breath is power. And begin to tune into that power and into that life and to connect with your divine wisdom and to connect with what I call your sacred intelligence. That divine part of you that tells you that you are divinity itself. You are loved unconditionally. Check in with that part of you that helps you to make choices that will manifest your greatness while helping others to manifest their greatness. So just breathe in and out, recognizing your power recognizing your desire to change the status quo. Breathe in and out and feel your connectedness with your kindred, your fellow human souls. Know that when one hurts, the other hurts. If you hurt, I hurt. So breathe in and out this interconnectedness. And so as you breathe in and out, remind yourself that you are love and you are loved. Recognize that you are a part of the shared humanity. Connect with your sacred source, the universe the earth, creation. And know that you are able to impact the world and what you do matters. Recognize that the power of one contributes to the power of community. Breathe that in. Breathe out. Breathe in one more time. Sigh it out, and let's begin. Beloved, George Floyd died. George Floyd was murdered. May 25th, 2020. And on last week's show, I spent time talking about gun violence, and that was actually the two-year anniversary of his murder. And I recall when George Floyd died, I found myself in the midst of protests because people invited me to come out and to speak because they knew 
and know that I'm passionate about dismantling racism. And at each of those protests, the question that I asked was, who do you want to be when this blows over? Who do you want to be when this blows over, this particular incident of racism, because racism was not new in 2020. I ask, who do you want to be when this horrific, collective, painful moment of injustice blows over? Who do you want to be? And my daughter said, mom, I don't like when you ask that question. But I ask that question because I know that we often respond in the midst of our pain. We often galvanize when something horrific happens, but eventually it blows over. Eventually our momentum dies down if we are not truly committed. And what I found during that time that there were a number of people, particularly white people who woke up who said that they wanted to fight. They wanted to dismantle racism. And I understood what my daughter was saying is that she didn't want it to blow over because she wanted people to be invested in the fight to dismantle racism. She wanted people to be perhaps like David Walker. You might've studied David Walker, David Walker's appeal. And then again, maybe you didn't because what little bit of history we had on Black Americans didn't teach us very much. But if you know just a little bit more, if you went a little bit deeper than what you were taught in school, you would know that in 1829, David Walker's appeal was about a document that instilled pride within people of color and gave hope that change would come one day. And he spoke against colonization and, he, and there was a movement that free Black people colonized in Africa. And Walker believed that America belonged to all the people who helped to build it, build it, especially enslaved people. And so David Walker, even in 1829, stood up for what he believed in. And so today, I want to ask you, what do you believe in? What are your convictions? Are you committed? to dismantling racism? Are you committed to racial equity? But I also wanna go back to what I said to you last week. Are you committed to ending mass shootings? Because just yesterday we had another mass shooting. And believe you me, it's all tied up in white supremacy. It's tied up in racism. Yes, mass shootings have a lot more to do with just the color of our skin. Don't get me wrong about that. But when we trace back the history of violence in this country, the history of oppression in this country, it goes back to white supremacy. Even our gun laws go back to that. But whether we're talking about dismantling racism or saving people's lives, saving our children's lives, No one is immune to gun violence. And so I beseech you, just like I did last week, do something about it. Write to your congressman. If you have a platform, if you are a leader and you're listening to me, it is your duty to say something about gun violence. It's your duty to say something about racism the oppression of the LGBTQIA community. You cannot call yourself a leader if you do not fight for justice. Frederick Douglass has a quote that's one of my favorite quotes. He says that if there is no struggle, there is no progress. Those who profess to favor freedom and yet depreciate agitation are men who want crops without plowing up the ground. They want rain without thunder and lightning. They want the ocean without the awful roar of its many waters. This struggle may be a moral one, 
or it may be a physical one, or it may be both moral and physical, but it must be a struggle. Beloved, we will not change the status quo. We will not dismantle racism. We will not change the laws on guns and gun control. And we will not alleviate mass shootings. We will not create a world where our babies, our children feel safe when they are in school unless we decide that we're going to agitate. And so today, I want to ask you, are you ready to agitate? And I want to ask you, what choices are you willing to make? Who do you want to be when this blows over? This emphasis we have on mass shootings right now. Who do you want to be when it blows over? But as you see, we're going from week to week, and there continues to be another incident after incident after incident. So it doesn't seem to be blowing over, does it? So I wonder, are you the person that you believe yourself to be? And if you believe yourself to be an advocate of racial justice, if you believe yourself to care about children of the world, if you believe yourself to care about your fellow humanity, I want to ask you, what are you doing to be in alignment with your beliefs? Takes more than just listening to a show on dismantling racism. Takes actions. So I'd like you to ponder today is who do you want to be in this world? Who do you want to become? Are you who you think you are? Today, we're going to be talking about what it takes to be the leader that you think you are. And by leader, I don't just mean a global leader or those people who are transforming the world on a big impact. I mean, in your community, in your family, in your church, in your organization, you show up as a leader, no matter who you are. On your job, you're a leader. You may not be the head person in charge, but you are an individual who has the capacity to lead. And so who do you want to be? So today we're going to be talking about this conscious leader, who that person is and what it takes to become that leader. So when we come back, I will uh, introduce you to my guest today. She is Dr. Helen Holton, and I'll tell you more about her when we come back. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. We'll be right back. Are you a business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Are you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. 
You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. are back with the Dismantle Racism show. I'm so delighted today to have my guest, Dr. Helen, on the show. And Dr. Helen, I love Dr. Helen's bio because she begins by saying that she is a blessed child of God. She already knows that she is divinely created and loved unconditionally, as I often say. She is a recovering elected official after more than 20 years of public service as a local lawmaker and community advocate who's reinvented herself as a certified and credentialed strengths, resilience, and leadership coach And she has not looked back from being a public official. I do want to talk with her a little bit more about that later on. But I want you to know that she's a Black woman who lives at the intersection of race, gender, political power, and privilege that's anchored in resiliency. And she defines that as her superpower. She lives life unapologetically with a passion to bring more love into the world through the transformation of leaders. Education, experience, earned expertise, and an engaged presence are the four corners that grounds her and her calling to social justice, social justice ministry, in fact, because it is a ministry to engage in this work, no matter how you look at it. So inclusion, diversity, equity, accessibility, and cultural intelligence are the driving forces of the work of Dr. Helen Holton and her associates. And she delivers work to leaders so that they can become their best selves. So they really can become who they believe themselves to be. So, Dr. Helen, I welcome you to the show today. So, Dr. Helen, I'm going to ask you to unmute yourself. Yes, yes, yes. Here I am. You you know, that button, that mute button has a lot of power these days. And as much as we may do this and know we've got to hit it. Yes, it's all good. It's all good. And so, Dr. Helen, of course, I want to talk with you about being a recovering Yes, political leader. But before I get to that, you know, to me, it is very important to ground myself in order to do this work. And so I invite most of my guests to talk about some of the techniques that they use to ground themselves. And so I know that Dr. Helen, you are not, you're also a minister. So I imagine that you're grounded based on some of your uh, beliefs and your values. But talk to me about how important is it for you to do this work as a woman who defines herself as a blessed child of God? Because I know plenty of people who claim to be children of God. And we all are children of God. We all are. Even the ones that we don't particularly care for, they're children of God as well, in my belief. Mm -hmm. But tell me, how does your understanding of who you are as a child of God not only ground you in this work, but calls you to the work of social justice? Well, I will tell you, it began long before I knew that this was my calling. And politically, why did I run for office in the first place? To make a difference, to reduce the inequities, to create greater opportunities for those who have been shut out, Black people, Latinx people, poor people, people who are not without gifts Mm -hmm. to contribute, yet no entryway in. Mm -hmm. And 
at the time when I ran for office, we had our first elected Black mayor. That was Mayor Kurt Schmoke. And I was so excited in a majority Black city to have representation that represented the majority. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I began to think about the work of Marion Barry and Harold Young, Harold Washington, and Mm -hmm. Coleman Young, and the great strides they made at working to level the playing field. Hmm. But I'm reminded of a a piece I wrote in a book that talks about, yes, but white America's had a 400-year head start. Hmm. So where does the equity come from? Where do we level the playing field? And, you know, that can take us down that rabbit hole of reparations. And I just think reparations of 40 acres and a mule is not relevant today. However, there are vestiges of modern day reparations that we can work towards. But what it comes back to is a conscious, a consciousness of unity that mm-hmm. we're all in this together. Mm-hmm. More than anything else, I think of the pandemic mm-hmm. led us to that notion on some level even if it wasn't with the mindset of what a great opportunity to foster a sense of belonging for all and pathways to Mm -hmm. help level the inequities, Mm -hmm. the racism. And so I want to talk about that consciousness of unity, but I, I really am inspired though, that your consciousness, particularly your consciousness as it relates to who you define yourself to be because you start out by defining yourself as a blessed child of God. And, and so, and I'm honing in on that because again, I want to know how you see the way you define yourself Mm -hmm. leading to this work. Because again, there are plenty of people out here who, who define themselves in that way. But, but if I see that, if I see that on your bio, to me, that saying that I'm calling you as a leader, as a leader, I'm calling you to this higher place, to this, to this place of work. And so how does your understanding of what it means, because for everybody else, it's, it could be something else, but what, your understanding of who you are as a child of God, how does that move you? to want to continue to do this work because we also know this work is not easy. No, it's not easy. So how does it keep you going to do this work? So habits, practices, and and this comes to resilience. What are those habits, practices, um, guides uh, that you put in place, structures you put in place for your life to do the hard work? None of us were created to just... Yeah, whatever, it'll get done. Oh, I love it. I'm privileged. I'm whatever. And have this and never think about what it takes to be in that space and place that you live with very little regard Mm. for the least of these, the left behind, the left out. So yes, all that I am and ever hope to be is because of who God is in my life. Mm. And I say it that way unapologetically. Mm -hmm. I know that I am nothing without God as the wind beneath my wings, above the heavens, who looks down, who is no respecter of persons. However, Mm -hmm. we are all creations of God. So, So, okay. I know that there are a lot of people who get up in church on Sunday morning. And yes, we're going to talk about conscious leadership. So for those of you who are listening, we're going to talk about this. But again, I love the fact that this is who you say you are. But I also see people in church, even after the mass shootings, I, I saw clips of pastors in church. First of all, people who didn't address it at all. Mm-hmm. But then those people who were still talking about their rights to own guns. And so I get people have rights, but what's your, what's your responsibility is the question. And so I wonder in your work around even just conscious leadership and the consciousness of who you are, how do you, how do you help people to align their beliefs with being consistent with who they say they are? Because as you 
say you're a blessed child of God, people have to look at you and say, wait, are her beliefs consistent with what she's teaching? And so Mm -hmm. how do you help people to align, align their values and their beliefs with what they do on a global level? They don't have to go out and become preachers like you and I, because I happen to know. Wait, 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 wait. You act as if I went out and sought this. Oh, I no, no, I, I know. Okay. <laughs> we can talk about that now, too. Let's tell the truth. I wanted anything other than this. And, you know, I was Jonah thrown in the belly of a whale. And the only way out was to yield. You know, what's the saying? Your arms are too short to box with God. Yes, they are. And so for me, it begins with an awakening. And this is where conscious and unconscious living comes into play i'm not even get to the point of bias yet just Mm. unconscious and conscious living and really going through the process of what is it that i really want for my life Mm. Mm -hmm. these are these aren't answers that we easily come by these are answers we have to give great thought and consideration to because Mm -hmm. you and i both know all of us fall short of god's glory all of us we make mistakes. We go down the wrong path. We don't listen to truth as truth is to be lived. However, there are irrefutable, ageless truths. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're not doing that. And it, and it doesn't people. matter what religious values no, you hold, right? No, that's what I'm saying. It, it's it's not people. people do with religion. Exactly. And when you go in the church or the mosque or the temple or the in front of your TV and just decide that, oh yes, I'm a child of God. Mm. And, and it doesn't show without you saying it. Mm. So what I often say is let your actions speak for your beliefs and values. Mm. Yes. Yes. And you know what? If your actions speak for your beliefs and values, they'll know who you are without, before you even get there. They will I don't not- have to say, oh, I'm a preacher. Or, oh, right. I'm a- no, I don't have to say that. But what I do think, Dr. Helen, and, and we do have to take a break. <laughs> um, here's what I do think. I totally agree with you about you because because I probably was like you with the whole Jonah thing. Who who signs up? Like most <laughs> a lot of us don't sign up to become a pastor. It is definitely a calling. But who I am as an individual, whether I'm a pastor or not, is seeped into the very essence of who I am. And so I do think that I want our listeners to understand that even though they may not show up as a Dr. Helen in the world and teach other people on a global level, that there is something that they can do where they are to to be consistent with who they say they are. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I want you to talk a little bit more um, because I know your work is around awareness and around Mm -hmm. our consciousness and our biasness. So we're going to come back in in the next segment and talk a little bit more about it. We have to take a quick break. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. This is the Dismantle Racism Show. We'll be right back. Howdy, I'm Joseph Franklin McElroy, host of the new podcast, Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. Are you passionate about the conversation around racism? Hi, I'm Reverend Dr. TLC, host of the Dismantle Racism Show, which airs every Thursday at 11 a.m. Eastern on talkradio.nyc. Join me and my amazing guests as we discuss ways to uncover, dismantle, and eradicate racism. That's Thursdays at 11 o'clock a.m. on talkradio.nyc. Are you a small business trying to navigate the COVID-19 related employment laws? Hello, I'm Eric Sauver, employment law business law attorney and host of the new radio show, Employment Law Today. On my show, we'll have guests to discuss the common employment law challenges 
business owners are facing during these trying times. Tune in on Tuesday evenings from 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. back with the Dismantle Racism show. My guest today is Dr. Helen Holton. And Dr. Helen, we were talking about before the break, really about being in alignment with who we believe ourselves to be and how we identify ourselves, who we know ourselves to be, our values. Those things need to be consistent when we show up in the world as leaders. And I know much of what you do is really help leaders to become conscious and aware of their leadership styles and abilities. So talk to us a little bit about how you help leaders. Certainly. So it begins with research over the years, over decades, and working with leaders from all walks of life. And I'm fortunate, I guess, in getting to where I am today, I've done leadership in government, in business, in the nonprofit sector, in ministry, in the education world. And so working with leaders across multiple sectors, there are commonalities about people who are charged with leading. Mm -hmm. Many of them do not know who they are at their best, how they most naturally think, feel, and behave. And there's an awakening that occurs when, when working with leaders and helping them unlock and discover their pathway. We live in a society that likes to focus on what we do wrong Mm. versus what we do best. Mm -hmm. And so helping to dismantle those false realities that you need to be fixed somehow. Oh, this isn't, let me fix you. We have spent a gajillion dollars on trying to fix people that aren't broken. Mm. Can I say that again? And you know this in the work that you do, working to fix people that aren't broken versus helping to awaken or uncover the best of who leaders are to take Mm -hmm. their leadership to a higher level. Mm -hmm. And in doing that and doing it, doing the work from a heart-centered approach, that would be the God in me, a heart-centered approach uh, with some grace because we all need grace. So I imagine it must be challenging though at times. And I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about, I love this, that you're recovering. Yes. And I imagine that there most, there, there might be times when you have worked in the political arena. And even if you do work with a politician now, how do you help them to rise above all the stuff that can get in the way of a politician being their best selves, right? Because they have their constituents. They have the people who fund them. They have what they know that they're working within a system and they're trying to figure out how do I work in this system to accomplish goals? What would you say to those leaders? How do you help them to become more conscious? I will tell you, it begins with the process. I would say the analogy of it is putting a mirror up to your face and being able to see the you that you are Mm. from a subjective basis based upon your responses. Mm. So it's not made up. It's not uh, conjured out of thin air. It's based out of validated and reliable tools and resources that we use to help people to uncover, discover, and lean into the best of who they are. What this would be what I know? I will, I'll give you an example. Our weaknesses can prevent failure, mm-hmm. but our strengths lead to greater success. Mm-hmm. And so, why would you spend time 
trying to work at something you're just not good at. In a pinch, it may be the thing you need to do to get out of the current disaster, tragedy, disruption that you're in. However, leaning into the best of who you are helps you find and identify those things you're not good at and finding people around you that are, that you collaborate with. Mm-hmm. None of us are here to do what we do by ourselves. Right. We were created as relational beings. Mm-hmm. So the more we understand what that means, what it looks like, how it shows up, and this is where building your resilience comes in. You know the term, new mm-hmm. levels bring new devils. Come mm-hmm. on, I just it's have just, to say it. The higher good. up you move and in leadership, you're moving up, you're going to confront more naysayers. Your own inner critics are going to jump in to say, oh, you know, what do you think you're doing? You, you can't be in that space. Who do you right. think you are? Get on back down in your place. How many of us listen to that? And but I think, but, but Dr. Helen, before you, before you jump to the resilience piece, I think going back to what you're saying about looking in that mirror at yourself, that actually helps you when you get to that next level. Because one of the things that you talk about is confronting your own biases, because we all have those biases. So what is one thing that you do with your leaders to have them to begin to open the door to what their biases might be? So there is an instrument that we use um, that is validated and reliable source. Is it the best? You know, best becomes a nebulous term. If you're being introduced to a way in which you show up in the world that is different from how you think you're showing up in the world, can be daunting. Mm. However, creating that safe psychological space for you to really confront what may be challenging and even difficult for you to face. Mm. And there's sometimes people just deny it outright Mm -hmm. until they've had time to look at it, mull over it. And really, it comes back to courageous conversations. Mm-hmm. And you have with another person. And so when you get into these issues, it has a lot to do with the safety of the space you're in with which to do it. Yeah. No. And the thing about biases is that they can be very subtle. Absolutely. But one of the things that helps me to, to confront my biases sometimes, even when I don't know that I have them, are my children. Mm. You know, thank God for young people because we can be so set in our ways about some things or we who are of certain age, we've grown up using a language sometimes mm-hmm. that we don't even know that we're using. And for our young kids will say, no, 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 no. You know, it's interesting. I even had a conversation um, just very recently with uh, my godchild even around the use of African-American versus black. Mm -hmm. So then I had to tell her the whole history of where that comes from, because she's at a point, it's like, it it should be black and it not should be African-American. And so I was telling her about the evolution of that, but even that's just a small thing in terms of how habits and patterns or how our firm belief gets in the way. Or if we talk about things like, I know for me, I don't see God as a he, but me? for some people, they can, but they can, but some people can't get past it and it becomes That's a true. bias. And so I think it's important for our leaders, as you're saying, you hold up that mirror. And I know that you, you have a tool that you use, but we have to ask ourselves the question, how do I respond when someone says something differently than, than my belief. And that's a simple way of checking what your biases are. Just saying that if I disagree with them, what does it conjure up in me? Mm-hmm. What emotion? And it takes, but it takes a level of awareness to even entertain such a notion. Yeah. And so that is where it goes back to a safe space and those challenging, courageous, probing questions. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, anytime a client says to me, well, I don't know. My response is, well, if you don't know, I guess neither of us will know. (laughs) So what are we to do? Mm. You know, um, it's just that simple. So I will say this. 
it's as simple as I'm going to bring your notion of things that we used to say, African-American black to a real conversation I had with a trusted clergy friend of mine, pronouns. Mm -hmm. And they asked, well, why do you put she, her there? Mm -hmm. I said, because I don't want people to feel left out. Mm -hmm. And so when we think of creating a sense of belonging, and, and this just supports my faith that God loves us all in mm -hmm. spite of who we are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if, who am I to say, to, to judge or label someone based upon the limitations of language as we know them, if they right. perceive themselves as something other. Right. And, and here's the thing. And I would say, what I would say is God loves us because of who we are as mm -hmm. well. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and that God created us in, in the ways in which we are. And, and here's what I want to say, because you reminded me of something that's really important as a leader. Sometimes we don't have to be out here, you know, uh, rah, rah, rah for the things that we believe in. But there are subtle ways in which we can show up as a leader that helps people to understand who we are. So like you, I have she and her. And because my services are on Zoom, I actually had a parishioner to say to me one day, Pastor, what, what is that she, her that you have on there? What is the purpose of that? So that opened the door for conversation that I might not have had with this person otherwise. Now they know from the way I preach and I'm very inclusive when I preach, but even just using LGBTQIA because yes. I have an older population, they may not even know what that stands for. Correct. And, but so, so here's the thing. There are multiple ways in which we can uh, open up other people to seeing a different view and helping them to see what their biases are. So one way might be for me to preach and to use the language. Another way might be to use she, her. But in all of it, as leaders, we're asking people to confront themselves, yes. confront who they are. And, and so I know that in your work with leaders, you take them through a process of how they can do that. But even beyond it, you're showing up and you're walking the walk. So right? I will tell you, the greatest challenge for me right now, and I love a good challenge, is taking accessibility into technology. Mm. There's no, I mean, you just have, it's trial and error. You, you know, you do it and, and Lord knows I'm struggling with my social media skills these days because they change every 30 minutes. You know, it's like, oh, that, you know, oh, well, wait a minute. It used to look like, oh, it looks like this now. Um, even with me sharing the post for today's show, it was like, I couldn't figure out how to put the pieces together. And, um, you know, and I put in there, I said, well, okay, this doesn't say for tomorrow because it's today. And I said, I'll just tell people, no, it's today. Don't worry about tomorrow. We won't be here live tomorrow. It's today. And owning our own limitations, yes. which oftentimes prevents us from stepping into that space where yes. we really invite people to be vulnerable. Because right. that's what we're talking about. Exposing vulnerability in a way that is sheltered and mm -hmm. safe so mm -hmm. that you know, we're all aware that to do it on social media may not be the place we want to do it. However, making those parts of ourselves known that aren't glamorous and that we make mistakes, that yeah, authentic yeah. presence. And, and to make, our, make that part of ourselves known to us, that's the awareness that you talk about yeah. in your work. Dr. Helen, we have to take another quick break and we'll be right back. Uh, with more conversation with Dr. Helen. I'm your host, the Reverend Dr. TLC. Hey, everybody. It's Tommy D, the nonprofit sector connector, coming at you from my attic. Each week here on talkradio.nyc, I host a program, Philanthropy in Focus. Nonprofits impact us each and every day, and it's my focus to help them amplify their message and tell their story. Listen each week at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time until 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on talkradio.nyc. In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? 
Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be Frank About Health to advocate for all of us. Calling all pet lovers. Pet Avengers, assemble! On the Professionals and Animal Lovers show, we believe the bond between animal lovers is incredibly strong. It mirrors that bond between pets and their owners. Through this program, we come together to learn, educate, and advocate. Join us live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. at talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC at www.talkradio.nyc. Now broadcasting 24 hours a day. I am back with my guest today, Dr. Helen, who is really a conscious leader. And we've been talking about, you know, uncovering our biases, bringing us into awareness, because in order for us to change, in order for us to do the work of social justice, we have to know what our own uh, stuff is. And so um, in our last few moments together, Dr. Helen, I really want to, to ask you about what white culture can do, those who um, have a, a particular privilege in this country, what can they do to step into that space of inclusion and equity? Because I know that many of my listeners are looking for just very various tools and techniques to help them, because for many, this is new. And so when you're doing this work, how can people step into this space? So it begins, I'm, I'm going to go back. It begins with an awakening and conversation. So we're very fortunate in society today for whatever reason, these are the buzzwords that are jumping out at people. And if a leader really isn't interested, um, you've got to respect where they are. You don't have to like it, but it's important to respect it. And what I know is this, if leadership doesn't have buy-in, it's very difficult for it to resonate and become a part of the culture of the organization. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it takes the folks in HR, you know, we're getting all these fancy title now titles these days, chief people officer and, you know, uh, what have you that are words on paper, words on paper. How Mm -hmm. are you conveying You know, it's one thing we've become very adept at checking the box of diversity. Mm -hmm. Inclusion is what makes diversity work. It doesn't go the other way around. So, Mm -hmm. you know, when I look at the leadership of an organization, I'm looking at the diversity that can be seen with the eye. Being clear, all diversity can't be seen with the eye. Mm -hmm. What are we doing to be inclusive? Even Mm -hmm. as I work through in my posts, to make them accessible because you don't know mm-hmm. who can see, not see, need some verbal support for what the visual is on the screen, though they may hear. If they can't hear, is there some sort of way they can read what's mm-hmm. being said in a mm-hmm. broadcast or what have you? And mm-hmm. it takes time and it's not consistent against uh, across platforms. Mm-hmm. It takes a desire to want to do better. And the desire for leaders particularly in organizations should be the bottom line and Mm -hmm. all the data supports that when you are more inclusive, when people have a better sense of who they are at their best, your bottom line is going to increase in Mm -hmm. productivity in performance and in profits or your bottom line won't happen instantly, but like the stock market, since creation, it continues to go up even after the dips that could take us to the edge of eclipse. But you know what's so interesting about you saying that I completely agree with you when people are 
feel good about who they are, the space they're in, there's going to be more productivity. But if we live in a world where we think everything is the same and that there's the standard of whiteness and that's the standard you have to perform to, it will be impossible unless people do what you said and wake up Mm -hmm. and see what their biases are. It would be impossible to understand, well, I don't understand why you aren't functioning because everybody Mm -hmm. should be at this level. Everybody should be thinking about things in the way that I think about them. And so it is so important, the work that you do around helping folks to see their biases and helping them to see how, I mean, just, just things like, what do you expect when you walk into an office building? Do you expect that the boss is going to be a white person? To take a look at the language that we use sometimes when we're talking about things, when we look at, when we describe people as minorities mm-hmm. and the majority, you're already setting up a system. Now, we don't hear those words used as much anymore, but people- No, so- but what we do but- hear is the dominant culture it- and the non-dominant culture. Exactly. We, we definitely hear that. And so when we hear those words, we're already establishing white is dominant. And so we have to be careful about our language and the beauty of being awakened to our biases- the beauty of that is saying, when I know better, I can do better and not fear uncovering all of that mm-hmm. because ultimately it slaps us in the face. And like you said, it impacts our bottom line Absolutely, and, and we end up showing up differently than we expect ourselves to be. So yeah. I want to ask you, um, you know, Dr. Helen, do you have any uh, final words or are there things that you want to leave our audience with that I haven't asked you about today before I ask you to, to give our blessing in just a little bit, but are there some final things that you want to say? Absolutely. I invite your listeners to really invest some time and effort in being really curious about the things that they think they don't want to know about that they dismiss as, oh, that doesn't affect me or that doesn't matter to me. What I know is this, we are all in this life together. There's more that unites us than divides us. And if we focus on building bridges to break down barriers, oh my goodness, can you just imagine the kind of world we would live in? There's plenty on this planet for all. Mm. I so agree with you because I think all too often we live in this place of scarcity mm-hmm. and there is abundance out here for us. And I think that that's one of the things that happens in this country when we talk about equity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. We think that someone is going to take something from us. We see that happening with whether we're talking about racial equity We see it happening if we're talking about even within uh, uh, African-American or Black communities. We see it when it's African-American versus Latina or Latinx. Um, You know, we see it because we other folks much. And so thank you so much for talking with us today about confronting our biases and awakening to those things within us that would keep us from being the best leaders that we are. Um, Tell us how we can get in touch with you and whether you have any particular uh, programs that are going on right now that uh, folks might be interested in connecting with you. Absolutely. So I have a weekly show on Tuesdays on the Win Win Women TV network. It's called Dr. Helen Speaks, Strengths, Resilience, and Leadership. 10 a.m. Pacific time. I give that time because if you go to the Win Win Women TV network, that's the time zone it shows up in. For me, it's usually 1 p.m. Eastern time. Every Tuesday we're there. Uh, It's an hour-long program. The first half of it is content. The second half of it is conversation. And it's just a rich platform of connecting, of helping leaders find those little nuggets and pieces of information that come from other women leaders. Now, Mm -hmm. we do invite men. However, this was a network created by and for women. 
And the information that Dr. Helen Speaks shares is really generic to people with a, with a slant towards women. But also we're about to go um, uh, with a regular showing on LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned. It'll be called Dr. Helen Speaks. Um, maybe still strength, resilience, and leadership. But we're going places and we're doing things because in this space, it matters. And you can always follow me on LinkedIn, Dr. Mm -hmm. Helen Holton, or reach me by email at engage at drhelenholton.com. We'd love to hear from you. We take ideas from our show, from people, leaders just like you, mm -hmm. who want to know more. How can I be a better leader and mm -hmm. understand who I am at my best in an inclusive world? Thank you so much, Dr. Helen, for being on the show. And if you would, give us just a 30-second uh, blessing or word of inspiration. Absolutely. We are all created by the one. The whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And when we embrace that there's plenty for all, that each and every one of us brings unique gifts to the world, that only we have the power to bring forth. Don't keep it to yourself. Unlock the richness of who you are to be a bigger part of this world in which we live in. If nothing else, what the past couple of years has revealed to many of us is that we get so much more done when we bring others with us than when we venture down the road of how much can I grab up for myself? There's plenty. The bounty is abundant and never ending. Step into your greatness. Give it away. You know, what you give, you get. And when it comes back to you, it comes back to you in multiples beyond what you gave it. Trust the process. Lean into it. Have faith and believe that there's no one else on the planet like you who can do what only you can do and help us to be a transformed community powered by love. Mm, thank you so, so much for that. And thank you to my listeners for joining us today. If you want to know more about the work that I do, please reach out to me at sacredintelligence.com. Thank you again, Dr. Helen, for being with us. I want to just say, be well, be safe, be encouraged. Until next time, bye for now. business owner? Do you want to be a business owner? Do you work with business owners? Hi, I'm Stephen Fry, your small and medium-sized business or SMB guy, and I'm the host of the new show, Always Friday. While I love to have fun on my show, we take those Friday feelings of freedom and clarity to discuss popular topics on the minds of SMBs today. Please join me and my various special guests on Friday at 11 a.m. on talkradio.nyc. you on edge? Hey, we live in challenging, edgy times, so let's lean in. I'm Sandra Bargeman, the host of The Edge of Every Day, which airs each Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. Tune in live with me and my friends and colleagues as we share stories and perspectives about pushing boundaries and exploring our rough edges. That's The Edge of Every Day on Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on talkradio.nyc. informed about menopause and how it impacts on your life? Hi, I'm Pat Duckworth, women's health strategist and host of the Hot Women Rock radio show, empowering women leaders at menopause. Join me every Thursday at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. UK Time on talkradio.nyc for interviews with inspirational women who will share their top tips to rock your world. 
In a post-COVID world, you may have many unanswered questions regarding your health. Are you looking to live a healthier lifestyle? Do you have a desire to learn more about mental health and enhance your quality of life? Or do you just want to participate in self-understanding and awareness? I'm Frank R. Harrison, host of Frank About Health, and each Thursday, I will tackle these questions and work to enlighten you. Tune in every Thursday at 5 p.m. on talkradio.nyc, and I will be frank about health to advocate for all of us. Gateway to the Smokies. It airs on talkradio.nyc every Tuesday night from 6 p.m. to 7. Every episode is dedicated to memorable experiences in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park and surrounding areas. This show features experts and locals who will expound upon the richness of culture, history, and adventure that awaits you in the Smokies. Tune in every Tuesday from 6 p.m. to 7 on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to Talk Radio NYC. Uplift, educate, empower. 